Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV podcast YouTube channel to discuss and review the animated movie Legion of Superheroes. Morgan, I'm very excited to hear your take on this because uh, I want to know uh, what what you maybe learned about the Legion of Superheroes that maybe you didn't uh, before. So I'm very excited to hear your take on the Legion and Supergirl's involvement with them. Just in case anybody hasn't seen it, here is the, uh, I, I pulled this description from YouTube movies and TV because I thought it was a pretty good uh, description. Uh, it says, quote, welcome to the 31st century in the Legion Academy where a new generation hones their powers with hopes of joining the Legion of Superheroes. Devastated by tragedy, Supergirl struggles to adjust to her new life on Earth. Taking her cousin Superman's advice, Supergirl leaves their space-time to attend the Academy. There, she quickly makes new friends as well as new uh, a new enemy with old ties, Brainiac 5. But a nefarious plot lurks in the shadows. The mysterious group known as the Dark Circle seeks a powerful weapon held in the Academy's vault. Find out if the budding heroes could rise to the challenge in this all new DC Universe movie, unquote. Uh, so I think that sums it up fairly well. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, uh, who is our description writer? Why am I like blanking on everything? Um, who's our description Veronica. writer? Veronica, that's Veronica. right. Yes, yes. Did, didn't we give uh, season one's description writer another name? She was Betty. She was, she was Betty. Okay, <laughs> Betty. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is maybe not Veronica quality. But I think it did no. a pretty good job. Yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty good summary. It doesn't have that that flavor that we expect from <laughs> Veronica. But <laughs> I mean, what what we can't ask for everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, you nobody can uh, reach uh, Veronica levels. Uh, it's just unattainable. Um, well, I guess uh, one of the things I want to start with Morgan is that I know we've talked about the Legion of Superheroes in the past. But when watching this movie, was there something that you learned about the Legion that you didn't know? Or were you surprised about some of the characters? Like now we're getting to see some that we've we've kind of talked about some of the comic history with the Legion. But uh, seeing them in animation makes a difference, I think. So uh, (laughs) what were your thoughts about the Legion of Superheroes? Yeah, so I had forgotten who a lot of them were. (laughs) Uh, And then I saw them again and I was like cool um some of the sort of the the younger legion characters who supergirl befriends uh loved those guys uh what was it bouncing boy bouncing yeah. boy he mm-hmm. was the best my favorite character <laughs> my favorite character in this um besides supergirl 
was arms fall off boy. Yeah, and I yeah, was really, I was really like rooting for him to have a triumphant moment. And I loved that he was so integral at the end. I was like, that's right, boy, your arms <laughs> fall off, but it's what you do with them afterwards. that counts. <laughs> uh, I like, there was like a moment where like the villains were like, I thought you said they're all useless as like a disembodied arm, like floats towards them. And it's like, <laughs> This is the best. This is this is quality. <laughs> this is a high quality entertainment that I'm watching right now. Uh, yeah, I I loved all of the sort of like the the sad sack legionnaires, like sort of the they're just trying their best, but their powers aren't that all that useful. I love that the invisible invisible lad or invisible boy. Uh, yeah, is he invisible kid? I know or there's a maybe he's kid. a kid. <laughs> he's an invisible person. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's in, invisible kid. In the beginning, he doesn't know how to make his like outfit go invisible, but by the end, he learns that. And I was like, "You go invisible, <laughs> boy, kid." He, he had uh, arm issues, uh, like arm fall off, boy, because like he, he, only his arms would go invisible. Yes, yeah, he had, it was, anything. Was it that, his head and his arms? It was anything that wasn't like covered by an outfit would go invisible, but like the actual clothes are still. I thought that the reveal at the end, I'm going to be honest, was that like he didn't have anything on at all. He was like, I figured a workaround, <laughs> but I cannot come visible uh, right now. <laughs> He's like, I ca- I'm going to need to stay invisible um, for a little bit. <laughs> but instead he popped back up. He's like, I figured out how to make my costume invisible too. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. He figured it out. He they had an arc. They grew uh, during the academy and their adventures there. Um, so uh, lots of good uh, legionnaires. Uh, uh, the the Legion of Superheroes animated movie did a really good job of incorporating a lot of the legionnaires. Uh, I don't know if they got everybody, but they tried to get as many uh, of them as they could. Uh, Invisible Kid, Bouncing Boy, Brainiac Five. Uh, Supergirl, of course. Uh, Arms fall off, boy. Monel, we'll talk about him. Uh, Timberwolf, triplicate girl, and they even did a little duplicate girl uh, situation or duo damsel. Um, so there's that. So a lot of uh, I think Phantom Girl, Shadow Lass, um, a, a lot of them were in there. They made nods to Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad and I think Element Lad. And I was really interested. They had. Um, a little Easter egg there of, I think uh, that's Laurel Gand. I don't know much about her, but she, the thing I do know about her is that she is sort of the Supergirl replacement in post-crisis. Her ah. co- her code name was Andromeda. So if you see uh, a shot with uh, like, I think that's supposed to be, is that, I think that's supposed to be Laurel Gand. Somebody in the chat, let me know if I'm wrong. But maybe it's not. I, I thought the uh, the blonde haired uh, character with the red and white face. Somebody let me know if I'm incorrect on that. But that's who I thought that was. So they definitely try to do a lot of Legionnaire uh, Easter eggs in there. So I thought that was really pretty cool that they tried to honor all uh, all of those things. Uh, Mind the Gap says Pharaoh Lad was in there. Is that who that is? Sensor girl. Oh, that's who that is. Yes, 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 yes. Sensor girl. Um, so uh that's incorrect then. Ah. So that's not that's not Laurel Gant. Andromeda had more of like a like a like an orange suit. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there is some sort of um, yeah, uh Rachel a new Rachel says uh Andromeda is the one with the black and gold outfit. I I need to do some investigation into Sensor Girl because I, I felt like there was a connection to Supergirl from that. 
because uh, mm. I feel like there was a sensor girl um, uh, connection, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll investigate that further. Um, so thank you for that chat. I wanted to make sure somebody checked me on that, but yeah, so I was curious about your, your connection to the Legion of superheroes. I had read, uh, there's a comic series written by Mark Wade that I recommend reading. If you're interested in Supergirl and the Legion of superheroes, it's actually called Supergirl and the Legion of superheroes. Um, so it's a pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty good read. If you're interested in that, uh, it gave, gave me a pretty good introduction to the Legion of superheroes. So, uh, that's a good place to start. If you want to check that out, um, in turn. Oh, okay. Now I'm getting more Sensor Girl comics, uh, comments. Uh, Mind the Gap says Sensor Girl was supposed to be Supergirl who survived crisis, but they never went with that idea. Ah, that is what I'm thinking wow. of. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Electra also expands on that saying, I think there was a storyline where Brainy thought she was Kara because she never took the mask off. Okay. I'm not going crazy. I knew there was some sort of, um, I think that's right, uh, Electra. I think that that is correct. So I, I knew that there was some sort of Supergirl connection, but I couldn't remember what it was. Okay, all right. So uh, so we talked a little bit about the Legion. We got to meet some of those characters. Um, so Morgan, what did you think about the Supergirl aspects of this? Because I actually think this should have been called Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes, but maybe they don't think that Supergirl can uh, lead a film in that way in a title, but uh, it sort of felt like Supergirl's story. Uh, so what did you think about the story in this one? It was definitely a Supergirl story because it opens with Supergirl and the whole thing is about her character development. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a bait and switch to call this the Legion of Superheroes, like to call the movie the you know a legion of superheroes movie when it's really a supergirl movie and also the legion is in it uh, <laughs> now i i'm not saying that the legion didn't have some great character development uh all the characters really like really unlocked their full potential arms were flying people, <laughs> people were duplicating and triplicating uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was primarily Supergirl's story. So yeah, I think it's ridiculous that they didn't title the movie Supergirl as if they were afraid that like people wouldn't watch it if they knew it was a Supergirl movie. So they had to like bait and switch them into watching it. Like just it's her movie. Let her have the move, the title. Yeah. I think it's actually smart to use Supergirl as the, uh, the, the lead character in this. Cause they need, uh, a care. If you're going to introduce the Legion of superheroes, you need to establish that's, you know, the process, I guess that people go into to become a legionnaire. So they needed a new inductee. So I, I think Supergirl is a good choice for that. Cause she is in, in the comics. Uh, she is a Legion of superheroes. She is a legionnaire, uh, and she, uh, I think tr had to try twice to get into the Legion, uh, in the silver age, but she is a legionnaire in the comics. So I'm glad that she actually got that respect in this movie. So I, I think uh, story-wise, you need someone going in there for the first time and going through that process, going through the Academy and hearing the talk about president Saturn girl, cause they have elections um, that all the legionnaires vote on who becomes the president. Uh, oh. So, uh, so I like, I like that they, they utilize the story to show like, how does somebody become a legionnaire? They even mentioned the substitute, uh, the legion of substitute heroes. Uh, <laughs> they so, didn't mention that. <laughs> so I'm, I was glad that they, um, utilize Supergirl in that way because that that makes sense but I think it was a Supergirl movie I mean we got to see her origin uh her uh 
perspective with the destruction of Krypton and a lot of connections to uh, Allura in this one. So, Morgan, what did you think about that? There's a lot of Allura, but uh, surprisingly to me, no Zor-El. Yeah. Was, what was that about? I I was kind of curious about that as well. Uh, there wasn't, there was barely even mention of him. I think she mentioned Jor-El a lot, actually. Yeah. But she and she called him uh Laura called him like Jory or something. She had like a nickname. Yeah. Her, I which like, I was like, that's not gonna weird. mention your husband though. <laughs> well, I don't know. What was going on Maybe with that? Tr- trouble in paradise, perhaps. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought it was really weird that there was like no mention of Kara's dad in this one. Like uh, even when she it, that I mean, I, there might have been like a brief like your father and I, blah blah blah, but yeah, there was a ton of like Jorel mentions, not really any Zorel mentions. And then she was in the pod getting getting sent off as she do. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised that it, it opened with like a Krypton origin thing. I didn't expect that, honestly, uh, because everything I had seen was so like Legion heavy. Uh, but I, I, I thought that the stuff with the Laura was was nice. It really set up that relationship really well in like a short amount of real estate and then they got right through they got right to krypton uh just like destruction like right away they were like let's not let's not pause here we all know what's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) we do uh but i i did think it was fun to see her and her mom uh running and and both of them kind of cheating i thought that was fun and kind of established both of their characters is kind of kind of fun but they want to win um and i think that sort of competitive Kara really comes out in this movie in quite a few places. So I think that they, it was, it was cool that they established that early about her character. That's a really good point because she's uh, competitive with uh, Brainiac five. She and Brainy uh, try to one up each other a, a good bit. Um, and she, uh, she has some problems with Batman a little bit. I don't know if that would be like a competitive thing but she does have that sort of mentality so i think that's a really good point to to mention the only thing i can think of is that the the reason that zorel is maybe not mentioned is because they wanted to focus more on the mother-daughter relationship which i think is fair i do kind of wish that they had mentioned zorel in some passing statement like uh when your father was alive or you know something like that you know (laughs) you know uh just just to establish that maybe she had a father uh but i understand why they would have focused on the mother-daughter aspect of it um so i i did enjoy uh getting to see some of krypton uh uh and getting to know allura a little bit Carr describes allura as quote general allura zorel high defender of krypton unquote so i thought that was a a pretty title pretty good title she's a general in this one and she's also very scientific she uh in secret created all of the uh, evacuation pods um so that's a that's a pretty scientific uh mumbo jumbo to get through so good for yeah her. of course not only one of them worked but and it was only big enough for her daughter so but you know what she got that one (laughs) (laughs) she got some proof of concept i will say i thought it was a nice nod to her character because the code to evac uh to activate the evacuation sequence is nz which is allura's sort of last name in the comics um it's also mentioned in superman the animated series nz is uh kara's 
last name. She's not Kara ah. Zor-El in Superman the Animated Series. She's Kara NZ. Uh, because in Superman, the animated series, Kara, uh, that version of Supergirl is not Superman's cousin. So she is actually Kara in Z. Uh, so the evacuation code, I thought, was very fitting. So that was a cool little Easter egg in there. Uh, so I I liked the uh, Krypton stuff with Alora, and I thought it uh, did a good job of estab- establishing uh, Kara as a character. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the reason that Kara goes to the 31st century about her kind of uh, not being able to control her powers and Batman's not real thrilled with her being around? So uh, did you think that was a justification for sending her to the future? I thought it was a good justification. I, I kind of felt like it was like typical of both Batman and Superman uh, because like Batman is like, obviously always kinds of distrust the supers and he's like i've got a plan and the plan the plan is like kind of bad (laughs) (laughs) batman could you calm down for one second like what if he just like got went to therapy and like (laughs) talked to somebody about like instead of uh instead of working out these like elaborate side plans in case your friends go evil just be normal (laughs) for a second and superman meanwhile he's like Superman's like, no, I've got this figured out. And my way of fixing this problem is the way I fix a lot of problems. Abandonment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, so typical. It's that so Superman his thing. We're just abandon her in some other place with some other people. <laughs> classic Superman moves. Like, you're annoying me a little bit. I'm going to drop you off in a different century. Good luck. <laughs> we've seen we've seen this before. We've seen this out of Superman. He always does this to Supergirl. He always does this to Kara. It's so unfair. It's one of his most basic traits is that he ditches Supergirl. <laughs> he just, ditches, she, she she just needs constantly wants to ditch her. He's <laughs> like, she's like, I don't know. I'm just having such a hard time with like the entire destruction of my like universe and like my family. And it's for me, it's only been months, and I'm just trying to adjust. And he's like. I'm hearing a lot of whining from you right now. (laughs) What if we just tried to buck up, kiddo? (laughs) Superman is like the worst person to come to for like like comfort. He's just like, have you tried not being sad? (laughs) You're really bumming me out. So I'm going to send you directly to the future. With with no real way to return. No opportunity. Um, he doesn't give her like a time bubble of her own. So uh, he's like, yeah. call me sometime, kid. Bye. And she's like, wait, I, I'm sorry. I don't think we covered how to get. Oh, he's gone. He's okay. just gone now. <laughs> what, if, what if at some point in the movie we saw him like Skype her or like, <laughs> like the I am chat? Her. Yeah, yeah, the I am chat. How are you doing? <laughs> Hope you're well. And she's like, what if she was like, I want to come home? He's like, sorry, connection is bad. <laughs> sorry, I can't hear you. It's, it's breaking out. Oh, it's like the time travel really makes. Oh, you're breaking out. <laughs> Call you later. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely uh, his uh, modus uh, uh, operandi, I I guess is how you say that. Um, Yeah, New Rachel does point out, we we joke about it, but there is a post-credit sequence to this thing. I don't know if you saw that, but... um, but, There um, is? Yeah, (laughs) I should have mentioned it to you. It was a a brief scene um, 
where uh, Supergirl introduces Superman to Brainiac 5 through a time bubble. So I guess Brainy uh, probably had one there in the future. Uh, and then there's some sort of like tease about, uh, you know, Batman and the Flash and Superman were investigating like what was happening back at, I guess, in Metropolis. And there's a big uh, hole in the ground. So I guess that's uh, teasing a future movie uh, is still set in this universe. But uh, there's a... What would have been great in in the end teaser, which I now have to watch after we get off this, but <laughs> I thought it was over. Uh, and I should have known better. That's on me. Uh, but it would have been great. It's on me. The, I should have mentioned it. I forgot. It would have been it. great if at the end he, he was like, Supergirl, something's, something really serious is happening back in Metropolis. We really need you. And suddenly she was like, I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, our our connections. <laughs> and then she just goes to Brainy. She's just like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll call you later. <laughs> I would love it if both of them did that. <laughs> like they both avoided talking to each other. <laughs> like, just, sorry, it's just so awkward with him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. I really hope uh, that happens in a future movie. Uh, but yeah, so I think uh, it, it makes sense as to why Supergirl is sent into the future. She's having a hard time with her power, her new power. She's only been there a couple of months and uh, she's not doing so great. She's like destroying buildings. Uh, a guy <laughs> whose apartment building got destroyed was really upset about it and she didn't understand why. So, uh, so she was I like when she was just like, just have your robot make it for you again. And I was like, oh my God, she's such a Nepo baby. She's like, I just, I just don't know. Have you thought about not being poor? <laughs> uh, I, this version of Supergirl was actually a delight. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> she, she was having a little hard time adjusting, uh, to, uh, things that were not, computer-based like <laughs> mall maps and things like that i love um, when she was just screaming at the mall map to show her what she wanted to <laughs> i feel like like uh, that feels like something i would do when i'm trying to like work the mall map like the, the computerized mall <laughs> yeah, map. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like taking you to different places and i'm like where's the you are here i don't understand <laughs> yeah so this car was having a, a difficult time to adjust but i think she ends up doing pretty well with the legion of superheroes she really finds her her people there. Uh, and I guess one of the uh, folks that she meets there is a uh, Brainiac five. So how did you, uh, how did you feel about this version of Brainiac five? He, he mentions m many times that he's a 12th level intellect. Do you, do you feel like he, he lived up to that? So I feel like he was probably more of a 12th level intellect than the brainy we had on Supergirl. Unfortunately. Yes. But he was also still betrayed. <laughs> by, by a plot and so i feel Poor like brainy i feel like he can't catch a break like in every story it's like i'm really smart and somebody's like i have a kind of an obvious plot over here and he's like i don't see it <laughs> like, i was like i'm super smart but i'm so trusting i just like really believe in the good in people that's something that you should just know about me brainiac five uh, <laughs> he does seem to get a uh, bamboozled a lot by these sort of like hidden plots i, I like when at some point like when mont they're going into the thing to see the you know the weapon that's super dangerous and mon suddenly pops out of a bush out of nowhere and he's like <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, you guys, can I come in? And Brainiac <laughs> 5 is like, definitely, pal. <laughs> come on, my dude, come on. He was, to be to be fair, he was the only one that could solve that Tetris, though. So Yeah, he, he really put the, came in the clutch. long one into the short one, and then the square <laughs> one into the other one. And I was like, now I want to play Tetris. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I didn't understand that this was all spawn con for like a new Tetris game or something, but <laughs> I used to play Tetris all the time. This is going to date me. Don't do the math uh, on, on my game boy. I used to play Tetris all the time. I loved it on that. Tetris game is like just was... like, just a quality, just a great yeah. game. It's so simple. And yet I'm so bad at it is the thing. And so I respect, I mean, I feel like it would take a 12th level intellect to be like that good at Tetris, like <laughs> Tetris. Get out and you, here. you have to get faster at some point because yeah. it speeds up the more like, you do. Yeah. That's what that's what they missed. <laughs> all of the little Tetris pieces should have started speeding up. Honestly, what it should have been doing is like slow, like getting higher and higher. And yes. like, it's gonna it's gonna like crush his brain. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm doing it as fast as I can. We need to get to the next level. <laughs> We're never gonna make it. <laughs> uh, yeah. but but that's what they they used his intelligence on that puzzle he's like one of those people who has like uh book smarts but not street smarts i mm. think that's that's kind of my read on this version of brainy he's like really smart at like creating stuff but he's like really bad at picking up when people are being obviously evil right in his face <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i guess that is uh brainiac five's thing is that he has the the logic and the intellect but uh the emotions and uh connecting with people i think is difficult for him so i think that's kind of on point for him he i i did like that he was portrayed very uh highly intelligent in this one he uh he knew that supergirl's math was wrong uh <laughs> he was able to break the unbreakable weapon uh door uh, weapon safe vault door uh he was also uh able to create all these gadgets the 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 force shield and his belt and um all of the weaponry he used he even uh i i thought it was a nice touch that when he and supergirl first have their big fight uh he doesn't seem afraid of her at all like he's pretty confident that he can take this kryptonian down uh so i really enjoyed uh the way that he was portrayed in this one uh, because he he actually did come across I, I to me anyway is is highly intellectual uh, to to be able to uh, uh, go up against uh, someone who thought he was smarter than Brainiac Five and I guess we could uh, talk about that eventually when we get there uh, but I'm curious about your thoughts uh, Morgan on the romance between uh, Brainiac Five and Supergirl what did you think about that. A little dramatic, a little bit. I, I, I like the misdirection because when they get, when Superman dr drops her off in the future and he's like, uh, peace, kid, uh, she meets Monel and she's like, oh, oh, hello there. She's like twirling her hair. She's like, how you do, how you doing, sailor? And, uh, and, uh, and Clark is like, oh, cool. You got a crush and you just don't want to come back with me. That sounds great. And he's like, <laughs> Does that thing where he, he, like, he, he the speed of sound? <laughs> he said it's his exit. That was his uh his uh he slowly exit strategy away from them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you think like, oh, okay, she's gonna have a romance with Monel. Like this is super obvious. She's twirling her hair, and then out of nowhere, 
here comes Brainy and they've got chemistry right away because they're they're fighting and it's like a love hate thing and he's like I'm smart and she's like I'm smarter and they're like punch punch <laughs> and uh, I like when they have to like they're kind of working on whatever thing for the Legion and it like goes crazy because both of them are like trying so hard to prove that they're smarter than the other one that they like make the thing like sentient, like Skynet. And, it <laughs> them. Uh, and they were like, they have to work together to like kill it. And they were like, Ooh, did I like this? Uh, <laughs> I thought I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the romance in this one between, between her and Brainy. I thought it was fun. I thought that they had like a lot of uh, kind of like flirty banter. And I think that they had a lot of things where they got along with each other. You know, they're both kind of stubborn and they're both smart uh, and they're both headstrong and they both kind of don't listen, uh, which I think worked kind of well uh in this one i do think like the when they got really explicitly romantic at the end it got like a little awkward yeah i was like yeah what's going on here i feel like uh there's they they like built up this romance uh and this relationship that i really liked and then was like how do we how do we land this thing i think it's gonna get real cheesy real fast like (laughs) Just, just a descent into full, full cheese dumb, and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a little bit cheesy there right at the end, but I really did like the scene. Uh, so, spoiler alert, and we'll talk about Monel and the Mon Scale uh, in, a, in a bit. <laughs> uh, but Monel has a big twist in this. I guess well, maybe. Well, no, let's save Monel and uh, the Mon Scale uh, for after this because we could maybe go down a, a long rabbit hole. So. Uh, there's a scene that reveals that Monel is a bad guy. He is an agent of the Dark Circle. It's a big twist in the movie. It turns out, uh, oh no, Monel is not really here to be a legionnaire. He is working for the big bad, who we will also talk a- about because I have lots of thoughts about him. Also, lots of questions. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, especially about uh, the six pack abs on the big bad that I thought was uh, an, an, an interesting choice. Um, but we'll, we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, but so Monel reveals himself to be a bad guy and he stabs uh, Supergirl with a Kryptonian knife. And there's a scene where Brainy is uh, trying his best to heal her wound. And I re- actually really liked that scene. That scene was just enough romance for me without being completely cheesy. Um, and I thought the way that that was played was, uh, surprisingly well done in the animation. Uh, I was really surprised by how emotive these animated characters were. And part of that, I guess, was also partially the voice acting uh, that really sold it. But the the animation, uh, uh, sometimes when I watch these DC animated movies, they're, they're kind of stiff when they when they walk and they talk and they use their hands and their bodies. But this one, I thought they emoted really well in the face. And a lot of it yeah, was non, nonverbal cues, especially in that scene. So I really, I, I thought that was, that was just, that I for me, that was played kind of pitch perfect. The scene at the very end when they're, when they're kissing was a little cheesy. But, uh, but in that moment, I thought it was a, it was a great uh, moment for them. Because I, I think it really played up the the romance enough uh to where I, I was really sold on their connection so um this is actually uh something that i always wanted from the supergirl tv series that i never got so i was very actually very happy about this because in the comics supergirl and brainiac 5 are 
I mean, Supergirl has many, many boyfriends in the comics. <laughs> and when she's in college, she's, you know, dating around people. And um, she kind of uh, gets mixed up with this uh, buzz demon guy in the Peter David run. And then she's had uh, romances with Comet the Super Horse in various oh, weird ways. Of uh, and, and Dick Malvern. Totally is- normal. <laughs> oh, our, oh, my, our good friend Dick Malvern. I forgot about him. <laughs> I was the worst. <laughs> she, he, he is Linda's uh, boyfriend in the Silver Age. Uh, Jero, the mermaid boy, the merboy. <laughs> Uh, he, I don't he, think I read any of those. It's he, incredible. he appears every now and then in the Silver Age. So there, there are various boyfriends for Supergirl in the comics. But Brainiac 5 is probably one of the most well-known and um, uh, the one that kind of sticks around the most. So I was really uh, glad to see that that uh, relationship was actually portrayed in something uh, that uh, was outside of the comics. So it was actually fun for me to get to see that dynamic come to life. Uh, even if we never got it on the CW Supergirl TV show. Uh, so that was good to see. So even if it was cheesy, I still enjoyed it because it was uh, good to see that actually come to life. Yeah, I thought they had a really fun dynamic in this one. I was uh, I was excited that when it kind of swerved and he was the love interest, I was like, oh, good. Okay, good. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I think that they have fun chemistry and I think that um, Brainy kind of brings something out like interesting out in car as a character and 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 vice versa and i thought that they did a really good job of uh of developing both of those characters within the relationship and then also separately so it was like it didn't stop being a a cara you know a, a supergirl sort of centric movie just when she got a love interest she still had like a lot of cool character development she just had it kind of alongside brainy so i thought they did a really good job in this one i liked the romance i thought that they uh they did a good job and it wasn't like you know overpowering or like light switchy which it kind of can sometimes be in some of the some of the animated stuff i saw i've seen where it's like they like the two characters look at each other and they're like that's it this is love uh, and you're like, <laughs> based on what <laughs> i mean at least they've had a conversation and a fight by the time yeah. they're like well, i think this is working for me yeah <laughs> well, my very favorite, good at combat <laughs> my my favorite thing about that first fight between supergirl brainy and bouncy boy goes out there and he's like fight fight yeah fight. Yes. he's like egging them on uh that seemed like a very bouncing boy thing to do uh yeah people in the chat uh are, are liking the car brainy stuff new rachel said uh, i love that car and brainy got an enemies to lover storyline uh let's see i thought there were some other people down in here uh uh electra wwf says i'm always going to be bitter we never got car brainy on the show uh so yeah i think uh it, you know if, if you liked that relationship and that dynamic in the comics this would be right up your alley so I, I was glad to see that they uh, took the time to do that, especially in a Legion of Superheroes story. That's uh, that would be a missed opportunity, I think, for uh, that to happen, because the the f- first time that uh, I, I want to say that the first time that Car or Linda Supergirl in the Silver Age meets uh Brainiac five, she has kind of a similar reaction. She's she sort of thinks that he's Brainiac, um, and it's in relation to the Legion of Superheroes. So I, I think it's very fitting that their uh, introduction to each other was through the Legion. So uh, that was good. So um, okay, so since we've been kind of uh, tiptoeing around uh, the Monel factor in this movie, uh, Morgan, where are you on the mod scale with uh, with this portrayal of Monel? 
I gotta say, I'm mon negative. I am mon negative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he shows up and he's like, "Hey, it's me, Monel. Look at my cape." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Monel's here. What's his deal gonna be?" Don't love that he doesn't have a beard. And I was right to <laughs> immediately mistrust him uh, without the beard. Well, it's funny. I, as I was watching the movie, I was like, "Well, one of them is gonna end up being evil." And yeah. at first, I was really suspicious of the girl who was like, let's be best friends. And I was like, no. Oh, Dawnstar. Dawnstar. I was yeah. I was immediately suspicious of Dawnstar. I was like, I don't like her. She is, t- <laughs> <laughs> she is too needy. Why does she want to be friends so quickly? How, how many friends does she already have? Why does she need so many friends? Uh, <laughs> and I feel like I should apologize to Dawnstar. <laughs> A little judgy. She was just being friendly, it turns out. <laughs> uh, and then once I was like, oh, I don't think it's Dawnstar. Then I was like, uh-oh, it's the man, the myth, <laughs> Monel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, Monel turns out to be evil in this, like just full-scale evil. I thought that there was going to be some backstory about why he was evil. And he was just like, nah, I'm just like, I'm just vibing with what they've got going on over there. <laughs> I'm just like loving the authority and like the like the you know the vibes here. I was like, really, that's it. That's why you went full evil is because like you just like like what they're saying. Yeah. It just seemed very. Str- I don't know. It seemed very like they wanted to do the twist where someone in the Legion is evil, and that I mean, it was fun. Like it's fun, always fun to have like, oh my god, someone it's it's one of us, right? Uh, <laughs> Would it have been more dramatic if it was like Bouncing Boy? Yeah. I I truly would have never seen that coming. Uh, Could you imagine suddenly it bounces in? He's like, time's up, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we can't always get what we want. That's fine. Uh That actually would have been really fun. Because what if like Supergirl was hovering in the air, Bouncing Boy like, bounced up and used the Kryptonian knife to, to stab her in like <laughs> midair. He's like, Ooh, really crazy. Right? Or like arms fall off, boy. Oh. It would have been really funny. If, this like, is one... his like villain turn. Like his villain origin story. <laughs> She's talking to somebody else and all of a sudden one of the arms stabs her. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, I truly did not see that coming. <laughs> that actually would have been awesome. <laughs> but like once you kind of figure out it's Monel, you're like, oh yeah, of course it's Monel. Like when she introduces herself to him and she's like oh i didn't realize you were kryptonian he was like no i just really love like the authoritarianism of the kryptonian society <laughs> the order that they the order uh, that they like the order and the conformity <laughs> <laughs> so weird that's a weird thing to like about a society <laughs> sir she's like yeah i i mean i i was in that um but that's not what i liked best about it so <laughs> that's what you liked best about. like she she's like skims over that so quickly and i was like <laughs> maybe we should rewind on what he is he liked about your society remember your society that blew up because of a lot of those things yeah yeah uh <laughs> and uh I, he he sort of like uh breezes by why he names himself mon l uh, <laughs> yes he does i don't know i just always assumed the l part was the uh the house of l like Kara and cal's family so why would he have named himself after their fan? Like, I don't know. It was not uh, explicitly. Uh, 
explained very well. So I thought that was a little weird, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, his, his villain turn was a surprise to me. And I was kind of still hoping before the movie ended that maybe he was just brainwashed or uh, the, the big bad brainiac had taken over his brain. And maybe when brainiac was defeated, Monel would like, come to his, his senses and regain like who he rig- originally was as a hero. <laughs> like I thought he was going to like be bad and then turn back good at the end, but he does not. He does not. He is, he is just a villain through and through. Uh, so I had to, I mean, on the sliding scale, I had to be mon negative on this one. I was like, Monel, you're kind of a jerk. Um, you don't even have your beard. That's like your one redeeming quality. <laughs> <laughs> not not played by Chris Wood, so we got at least that. Like I don't know, man. I'm he's not not helping yourself out, Monel. You really aren't. <laughs> I did laugh though when the villain was Monel. It was like just like in Supergirl, the TV show. <laughs> it's the same. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I did feel bad for Monel. I was like, uh, could justice for this poor character who always gets such bad bad uh representations and stuff it's like uh poor monel he just he just really wanted to be like superman and and superman named him after what like monday or something weird yeah Yeah, there's there's a whole uh if you've never listened to our uh character spotlight on monel uh we have a lot uh, a really good episode uh there with Corey uh talking about uh monel's origins so definitely check that out a lot of people in the chat are mon negative uh rachel <laughs> mon negative uh daryl mon negative ollie definitely mon negative in this movie proves it electra wwf mon negative uh let's see uh, uh brian though says i think it was mon positive when he married melissa but always for real that's a, that's a good that's a good spin on that i think that's a good take um, good, um, good job, good job, Chris Wood. Way to go. <laughs> uh, Mark Bickford says, uh, yeah, the Mon came because he was found on a Monday. So that's, I thought that's what I it, I remembered. It would have been funny if, like, when Superman drops Car off uh, and Mon-El was like, hi, my name's mon And she's like, oh, you Kryptonian? He was like, no, no, your cousin just named me that. He said, uh, he said, I found you on a Monday and I can't be bothered to remember your name. So he just, <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, honestly, I'm from like decades ago. He just dropped me off here when I said I was a little, when I told him I was a little sad one day. Can I go home? <laughs> Superman slowly backs up. Well, it seems like you guys are vibing. <laughs> Superman's the opposite of Batman. Batman's like, oh, are you a poor orphan child? I will take you into my home. And Superman's like, nope, nope. They got to get, they got to go somewhere Superman's else. Superman's like, oh, you're having so many feelings at me. I, I got to go <laughs> that actually would have been uh good now that i think about it if they had brought in the month the monday i was trying to think of the solomon grundy thing the grundy monday thing, yes they mentioned that several times in this movie um but they could have uh connected to the mon monday with the solomon grundy stuff uh but but they didn't go that route um uh, but yeah so mono yeah does seem to not get great uh, representation in some of these uh, portrayals, which is unfortunate because I think Monel is actually, I think he's actually a really important legionnaire. So I was, I was kind of surprised they, they, they stuck it out with the villain turn and didn't bring him <laughs> back to the side of good. Although I will say the best part about Monel being a villain was uh triplicate girl's revenge who uh triplicate girl goes out. Monel kills her, uh, one of them. 
she became uh, she becomes originally du a duplicate girl, but of course she'll adopt Duo Damsel as her actual name. Um, but uh, she was so mad at Monel. She wanted that revenge. She basically like in one scene was like, "I'm going to kill him." <laughs> like, <laughs> I really, I really loved the revenge of <laughs> Duo Damsel. That was probably my favorite part of that villain turn for him. How dare he kill one of her doubles? That's so <laughs> that's so messed up. It really is. <laughs> she was not having it. I she like when it so I like angry. when it seemed like she was dead entirely and then she pops back up later and she was like, "He killed my third double." <laughs> She's so mad. Uh I I really I thought she was really fun in this movie overall. Like I was like, "Oh, I man, I want more. I want more of her cuz she's amazing." Like that's that's who Kara should have bonded with. I don't know. Dawn star came on a little heavy for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it just it just cracked me up because a lot of times in these uh, dc comic stuff the the heroes are like no we shouldn't kill that's not right it's not part of our code and triple or, or i guess duo damsel at that point is like no he killed one of my girls i'm going to murder him i'm gonna straight <laughs> up murder him. she's like revenge for me <laughs> <laughs> for me and me <laughs> for me and me and me <laughs> yeah yeah, so they did not care uh, one uh, bit about <laughs> murdering Monel. So I really enjoyed that. Um, okay, so let's talk about Brainiac because uh, there's there's a, another big reveal in this movie. So the first big reveal is Monel is a villain. He's just a straight up villain just for the villain. dark circle. Dark circle. Uh, dark circle. For some reason, that was hard for me to say. Uh, but then the next big reveal that was like tremendous. I think really was uh, that Brainiac was the big bad in the head of the Dark Circle. Morgan, your thoughts? Twist. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really... I don't know if we've talked about the dark that that dirt. Oh my god, it's me too. The dark <laughs> dark circle. circle is hard to say. The dark circle. I don't know if we've talked about this before. If this has showed up in anything that we've read or watched, but um, yeah, I was not expecting Brainiac to be the head of it or the villain when they were like, okay, here comes the, here comes the head of it. I was like, will it be pencil skirt? <laughs> what, could you, what if pencil skirt was the head of the dark circle? As what, well? what if they mentioned the head of the dark circle and then never revealed <laughs> it by the end of the movie? That would have been amazing. If like, uh, like a sh <laughs> the shadow comes out and you're ready, ready for like to, it to reveal something. And then the shadow backs up and it's like, <laughs> No, and just goes out of frame, and they're like, "What? That seems really anticlimactic." <laughs> Why did you even mention it at all? Why would you even mention it? That's, they're screaming. Um, yeah, no, I thought that it was it was crazy. Like that, I that one I didn't see coming, and then um, I see in your in your bottom, um, uh, what's it called? Like subhead for your like your title. Um, the Brainiac is gross, but yeah, that was like, it, it was a pretty normal movie. And then suddenly it goes into like straight up body horror. I wasn't <laughs> expecting like Brainiac comes out and there's like the faces of the other Brainiacs on his like arms and on his back and on his stomach. And I was like, I don't like this. This it is creepy. It went really up. like horror movie creepy, like all of the sudden. Uh, I thought that was like very scary. I couldn't, I was surprised that that's like the direction they went in. And then I was also like, this is creepy. I like this. This is really cool. But it was like, <laughs> you do like very, a horror movie. Very disturbing. Yeah. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's, <laughs> somebody's been 
like out there being wild, like thinking up these <laughs> ideas. What if he had a face on his shoulder and they all disagreed with each other? I, that, it got real weird at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, it just was funny because if you go back and look at that brainiac, he does have six pack abs. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, he, he re uh, reconfigured his body. And he decided he was going to give himself, you know, <laughs> good abdominal muscle. He's like, he's like, I'm brain, I'm a new brainiac now, a swoller brainiac. <laughs> <laughs> he had all this mess, these messed up features all over his, uh, the top portion of his body and his shoulders and everything. But his, his abs, he was really uh, uh, <laughs> getting his fitness like, on. You don't understand. I've been in up in the gym every day. <laughs> Yeah, sure, my faces complain about it, but rise and grind, <laughs> baby. Could you imagine me just stuck on... <laughs> this is, like, my worst nightmare would be, like, stuck on a gym person, like a person who loves to go to the gym for, like, hours at a time. And be like, I just want to go home. I'm so bored. He's like, just just another set, man. I'm going to lose my gains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, he definitely... Um, try to uh, make part of his body look good, even the rest of even though the rest of it was hideous. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was appropriate that his downfall was really the fact that the other brainiacs uh, sort of uh, I guess there was a mutiny of sorts uh, with <laughs> with all the other brainiacs and they um, they just kind of did him in. So I thought that that was a, a cool way to take him out was the because I think he mentions the hubris at some point in the movie and I, I guess that's sort of uh, the hubris taking over. So I yeah. thought if I, you're going to take down Brainiac, it should be his his uh, ego taking himself down. Yeah, I, I thought that was so clever that Brainy Brainiac 5, our, our boy Brainy, realizes, like, by watching what's happening, like, oh, there's quite a bit of, like, confrontation between all of these Brainiac faces. And, like, what if I just played into that? Like, he basically kind of just goads them into it. Like, oh, are you really going to let him take the wheel? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to do much to convince these Brainiacs to just, like, totally implode themselves. I thought that was, like, that was a great way of getting rid of that villain. I thought it was so, it was so clever. And it used Brainiacs, like, his brain powers, his 12th level intellect, uh, and more than just for Tetris, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he outsmarts the villain uh, using just, you know, just his mind powers, which I thought was pretty cool. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll see a brainy and you look, like, oh, I'm really smart. And then he does something really dumb and you're like, how smart are you? Exactly? <laughs> uh, but in this case, he was really smart. He, uh, you know, he basically uh, manipulated them into doing that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, they, uh, Brainy and Supergirl, uh, figured out some things to uh, save reality from breaking. Brainiac was going to break reality and and start it anew, and they saved that from happening. Um, so, uh, so all was done well uh, thanks to Brainy's smarts and Supergirl's uh, ability to get things done physically. So, I think that was. Uh, a good partnership and a team up that they had. And all the Legionnaires kind of came through and, and worked together at the end, I thought. Um, so it was good to see that they were able to uh, play a part in it. I really liked to even, I know we laugh about arm fall off boy <laughs> and we should, but there was one shot in there where like his arm gets detached from his body and it like punches somebody. Like he sort of like launches his arm 
and knocks somebody out using, I was like, oh, that's how he would like help save the day. <laughs> like, his power seems useless, but it actually did. He sort of cat- catapulted his arm to, to punch somebody. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I can see how this could maybe be functional. So uh, the Legionnaires uh, do help save the day. And I was glad to see that they all got to play a little bit of a part in that. So um, I guess, Morgan, uh, do you have any thought? I may, well, I guess, do you have any uh, favorite shots, uh, scenes in the movie? Oh, that's a good question. There were a lot of, I think, good scenes in the movie. I thought they did like a really nice job of like having character stuff and action scenes. I I did like the, the scene where he, uh, Brainy helps car with the kryptonite dagger i thought that was really good i like the scene where they are fighting the robot that they created that <laughs> had decided to kill uh but they basically created their own little hope uh hope <laughs> robot uh, I, I liked that scene um and i i love the scene at the end when all the, the the little reject legionnaires uh band together and it turns out that their powers are pretty useful it turns out that being able to throw your arms all about uh, is is not a bad is not a bad skill to have. Uh, I thought all of those scenes were really really fun, um, and I I really liked the way that all the characters like worked together at the end to like solve the solve the problem. And obviously, also um, because I do like horror, uh, and this was not gory in the way that scares me. Uh, the uh, the the ultimate downfall of Brainiac I thought was very disturbing um, and creepy and cool. So I was it like, was- oh. More blood than I expected. Yeah, right? <laughs> he ripped himself in half. <laughs> gross. It was brutal. <laughs> well uh, played, movie. I was not expecting some body horror at the end yeah. of it. <laughs> nothing had, really nothing that leading up to it had led me to suspect that at all. <laughs> it was really pretty gross. Um, yeah, I, this one, I this is the first time in a long time I've watched one of these movies, and I was like, huh, I really thought that that was artistically really well done. Uh, there's an opening sequence when uh, so a car gets uh, shoved into the pod by her mother to save her life and uh, she goes away. And so then like the opening titles start and you get to follow um, the viewer gets to follow Kara in her pod as she makes her way to earth. And I really thought that sequence was really actually beautifully done. Um, uh, the pod goes around this sort of like, fiery sort of planet uh asteroid belt kind of looking thing and um there's a shot where the the pod kind of goes across the screen in this like black sky and all you see is like a blue light that's trailing it and there's even a, a shot where um the pod comes up to planet earth and there's a focus on north america so you can see where she's going to go land in uh the midwest in kansas and i really i thought that was a really cool way to depict her landing where she does um, because even the planet earth has the sun behind it and the sun sort of fades away as she lands. And I thought, well, maybe I was reading into it, but I was like, Oh, visually that sort of uh, uh, to me signals that she's going to, when she lands develop powers by the yellow sun of planet earth. And so I liked the connection of the sun as she goes uh, to land in uh i i assumed kansas um so i i really enjoyed that i thought that was a really clever way to depict that so the uh the art in this the animation i thought was better than a lot of some of these movies that i've seen in the dc animated movie uh, universe 
uh, because sometimes I don't like them. Sometimes I don't like the way they portray, uh, you know, physically people like sometimes they're too tall and skinny. It's kind of weird sometimes how they draw them. But I thought this one was actually uh, really pretty good in terms of the visuals. And there were a lot of good Easter eggs uh, and sort of nods to Supergirl, like the seatbelt in Kara's escape pod. Uh, looks like an S shield on her chest as it goes over her, as it belts her in. Um, there's uh, even um, the military guild medal that she gets sort of looks like her S shield, which is interesting because Supergirl is usually associated with the science guild. So that was a different take that she was in the military guild here in this movie. But I think it was because of her joining the Legion and they mentioned the Academy. Uh, and so I think that there's, um, uh, a connection to the uh, the military guild through that. Uh, Allura mentions the academy and being a cadet. Um, so that would fit into the Legion Academy aspect of the story. Uh, but I liked a lot of those nods to Supergirl uh, as a hero and the, the S-Shield for her. I even thought it was a nice touch that uh, Kara's human disguise at the mall uh, she was wearing a flash t-shirt. So I thought yeah. that, that I thought that that was a nice little Easter egg. So a lot of cool little nods that they uh, give to Kara, especially I think in this one. Um, and I think they took great strides in depicting Krypton, which I thought was really nice. Um, they, uh, before, uh, the destruction happens, everything is, you know, very beautiful. They're running in this pretty park. And then of course, when things happen, uh, to the planet, everything goes into chaos and the colors change and, um, uh, everything sort of speeds up and they actually have to run to save their lives, not just run to, you know, have a little competition between mother and daughter. And I thought the pacing of that was really cool. And it actually, that sequence starts coming down from the clouds and then at the end of the movie, it sort of goes back into the cloud. So I thought that was a, a nice little oh, symmetry yeah. um, visually. So I, I thought the artistry in terms of the direction and the animation uh, was a lot better, in my opinion, in this movie than some of the other DC animated stuff that I've seen. So uh, so kudos to the, the people involved in the visuals of this. I thought they did a really good job. Okay, well, I guess uh, those are our overall thoughts about this movie. And so thank you, Morgan, for sharing your thoughts about the Legion of Superheroes. I guess we could just briefly mention, so, uh, you know what? We didn't even talk about the voice of Supergirl. No, we didn't. I, I briefly want to talk about her. Um, she was played, she was voiced by a me actress Meg Donnelly. And I thought she did a fantastic job, actually. I didn't know what to expect, uh, but I thought she did a really good job uh, portraying different sides of Kara and really dealing with a lot of those emotions. So I would watch an, another animated thing with her Kara. I, I thought she did a really good job. I was surprised. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job as well. I thought that the she had like a lot of emotion in her voice and she, the voice acting was really well done. In fact, I thought everybody honestly did a really good job in the voice acting cast in, in, in this movie. I didn't have any complaints about anybody. I thought they all did a really, really nice job. Yeah, even uh, Jensen Ackles as Batman. <laughs> Uh, Jensen Ackles uh, killed it as Batman. Yeah, he, he actually does a good job as Batman. I will say that. he did. He did. I, I I saw the cast list and I did laugh at some of the like the casting. I was like, really? This person was the. That was. I was also surprised. Like uh, the the Flash is Matt Bomer. Yeah, he's he's it, done a lot of. He, uh, has he done a lot of them? Uh, I well, do. That, Matt I do Bomer, love Matt Bomer. He is. Uh, oh gosh, what is the character? Uh, Negative Man is that the character on Doom Patrol? 
Am I getting that character right? I haven't watched Doom Patrol in a while, so I cannot remember. I don't know. I, I don't Ch think I've the really chat watched needs it. to remind me who Matt Bomer plays in uh, the live action Doom Patrol, but he's he's been in several DC uh, things. So um, uh, so somebody remind me because my mind is blanking on his character. So uh, Matt Bomer and Doom Patrol. Somebody, uh, yes, okay. Mark says negative man. Yes, okay. I want to make sure I got that right. My my uh, my memory is <laughs> fading quickly. Um, so yeah, he's been in a lot of DC stuff, Matt Bomer. Um, I want to say Matt Bomer also played Superman in some other stuff. So he's been around the DC world. Uh, Superman in this one is voiced by Darren Chris, uh, who's also played Superman in several things. Uh, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Superman in Justice Society, World War II, of course, in, in our realm of the Arrowverse that we've talked quite a bit about. Uh, he played the Music Meister in the Flash uh, musical crossover with Supergirl called duet so he's he's been around uh doing a lot of um uh dc stuff as well and of course uh monel was voiced by yuri lowenthal who also was the voice of superman on the legion of superheroes animated tv series um oh. so uh lots of good connections and actors in this film so i think uh i would i would watch more from these voice actors i thought they all did a really good job um even i think uh harry Harry Shum Jr., I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was the voice of Brainiac 5. I didn't know him uh, from much of anything else, but I thought he did a really good job of uh, playing uh, Brainiac 5. So uh, voice cast was awesome, and uh, I think the animation was pretty good. So uh, overall, I enjoyed this one. Morgan, would you uh, would you recommend this one <laughs> to somebody? I would. I think it's a fun one. I thought the the story was good and the cast was good. And I really, I agree with you. I, li I like the art a lot. Some of the art in some of these can be like, you know, a little bit strange in the character design, but I thought the character design in this was really nice. Um, and the art looked really, really good as well. So yeah, this, I think this was a, a just a really well done uh, movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think the uh, the the combination of the animation, the voice acting, and the story, I think we're all uh, pretty on point. So I would recommend it as well. Well, I guess before we uh, wrap up our thoughts on this one, maybe we should make some snap judgment. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, <laughs> so our first snap judgment uh, <laughs> is a good one. Who would you rather have as a roommate, Dawnstar or Triplicate Girl? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I had to think about this one. Uh, I think I'm going to say Dawnstar because Dawnstar seemed like she wanted to hang out with uh, Supergirl. She want, Maybe she would really want to like hang out and do stuff. She'd be like a fun person to... Um, you know, uh, hang out with, and maybe she also wouldn't try to murder me, like if I crossed her, because I, I think triplicate girl. The the downside for her to be a well, there's a couple of downsides in my opinion <laughs> for being roommates with triplicate girl. One triplicate girl is going to take up a lot of room. Like if you're in a dorm room situation, she's going to take up most of the room because there's three of her. Is she, does she get more closet space? Or maybe, Ooh. or maybe she's just mostly one person, and then she becomes three at various points. But that's she, a good point. But is she taking up a lot of space in the house or the apartment or the the dorm room that you're in? Um, and also, like if you if you made her mad, would she try to kill you? So I, I, I Ooh. think that's also a downside. So I'm going to go Dawn Star on this one because I think 
she uh, she seems like a really fun character who would uh, just uh, want to be your friend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. One. <laughs> I think we know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> I thought Dawn Star was like a little too needy, like a little too much. <laughs> like, why do you want to be my friend so like so badly right away? I barely talk to you, lady. Uh, <laughs> whereas I like the cool, like standoffishness of triplicate girl. Oh, interesting. Also, you know, you've got three of her, so you know, you're never, you know, you're like, oh, I wish I was with a with a group of my friends. You always are. <laughs> You always are. And it's going to make you feel more popular. Do you oh, have yeah. one friend or do you have three? <laughs> Think about it. I mean, now you only have two friends, RIP other girl. <laughs> But, uh, but I think, you know, and you can get into all kinds of shenanigans. There's two of her. I, 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 I but again, Dawnstar was like a little bit too much for me. I get suspicious when somebody wants to be my friend that badly so quickly. I'm like, why? What do you want from me? What? <laughs> Dawnstar is like, Dawnstar is going to try to find your social security number and like uh, take your identity. You're going to, Supergirl's going to wake up and Dawnstar is going to be like sitting there in the bed next to her blonde. <laughs> With like the like the L crest on, she's just gonna like totally single white female her. I think, I think. So I'm going with triplicate girl. Is she always gonna be nice to me? No, but that seems normal. <laughs> you know, we don't really have to explain ourselves in snap judgments, but I thought you did a good job doing it. Thank you. Uh, okay, who has more potential, Invisible Kid or Arm Fall Off Boy? I, I love arm fall off boy, but pro probably invisible kid. I think he, uh, I think he has m multiple uses and, uh, he seemed to finally get his groove on the invisibility. So I guess I would, would go invisible kid on this one. I'm obsessed with arms fall off boy. Uh, I think <laughs> I've made that very clear. Also, uh, he kind of sounds like he could be an indie band just by himself. <laughs> like, Oh my God, you guys, did you see the newest set from arms fall off boy? <laughs> It was really good, but like not too good. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I just, I, I love him. I, I, I love his gumption. Sure. At the beginning, only one of his arms fell off, not the other one, but he <laughs> learned how to make them both fall off. And like, imagine just following him around on his various adventures. Cause he's, his power, even at, even at the end is like only somewhat useful. So <laughs> I think he would be a fun character to have like a spinoff on. Like what's he up to next? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I would be curious if, uh, arm fall off boy, does it, does it just stop with the arms? Could his legs fall uh -huh. off? Oh my God. Would that be his potential that he would expand <laughs> into a uh, different, uh, limbs, that he could utilize, maybe it's not just, but I mean, I guess that's in his name. So if his name is Arm Fall Off Boy, like I mean, it, relegated, it's got to be arms. mostly the arms, right? <laughs> that's that's his brand, brand. That's who he is. It's not like body falls apart, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess maybe there is some potential for Arm Fall Off Boy. Maybe he hasn't really discovered his his full capacity yet. So uh, I like that thought. All right. Well, uh, un unless uh, you have any other snap judgments, I think we're going to get out of here. No judgments on your snap judgments.
All right, and I think it's time for some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV Podcast Hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl Radio, press 1. The Flash Podcast, press 2. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And since we talked about the Legion of Superheroes this week, we have some Legionnaire and Brainiac designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store we'd like to suggest. Yeah, so if you want a Legionnaire, uh, if you want to represent and, and, and induct yourself into the Academy uh, at the Legion of Superheroes headquarters, uh, you can get a mug or a t-shirt or a hoodie or uh, even a mask or a notebook or a sticker if you want to to represent yourself as a Legionnaire if you'd like to do so. Also, I think the Brainiac design in the DCTVT public store is adorable. And uh, if, if you want to check that out, he's cute with his little... His little uh, purple suit on with his little purple boots. Um, I enjoy it. So uh, if you want to <laughs> sport a more uh, appealing, uh, visually looking Brainiac, uh, this would be the one to check out. Because the one in the Legion of Superhero movies, uh, Legion of Superheroes movie, I don't think I would put him on a t-shirt. I don't think I would wear, I, I don't think I would even uh, drink coffee from a mug with that guy on it. Uh, no. He was pretty hideous looking, but the one in the DCTV podcast <laughs> public store, he's cute. And that guy's cute. Recommend. Yeah. He's, he's much, he's much more visually uh, interesting and adorable. So I, uh, I would uh, recommend that design if you are into a Brainiac. Also, we would like to thank our Legion of uh, Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Tara, and Majuba. And if you would like to become a Legion of a Super Sponsor, uh, you can visit the uh, Supergirl Radio Patreon at patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. And speaking of the Supergirl Radio Patreon, uh, we've recently changed our monthly Patreon levels in the hopes they will provide a little bit more bang for your buck so they are categorized by things you might be interested in so if you just want your name read on the podcast and listed on a website 
there's a level for you. But if you'd like access to DC-related quarterly film reviews and now monthly pilot pods. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that so creepily. Um, there's a level for you. If you're interested in hearing about, say, the Lab Cats or our vacations or what cult documentary we just watched, because believe me, we will have just watched a cult documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do we have a level for you. Uh, and if you're more interested in learning how to become a podcaster, what kind of equipment we use and stuff like that, uh, we have a level where we show you how to do it and as always you can be a boardroom boss for supergirl radio to get all of that plus getting to vote on what episodes or series of episodes we'll do next including helping us decide which holiday movie we review so if you were like i wish that we hadn't watched buttons Like sometimes I wish uh, <laughs> you can save us next holiday season by voting a different movie. Yeah. Uh, so we are letting boardroom bosses help us make those uh, hard, de- difficult decisions. We're uh, taking it out of our own hands. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, you would have gotten uh, access to a video of Morgan and I, uh, Morgan, uh, Morgan and me, I think, grammatically correctly, that would be uh, correct there. Uh, but we uh, did a video of uh, brainstorming how uh, we decided on uh, restructuring these levels. And at the end of that, we uh, we uh, we pitched a, dy- a dystopian uh, future for buttons. Uh, I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't, Morgan. I don't know if you remember that, but we had we did a really good pitch for uh, how to take buttons in, into a, a dystopian oh, that's fu- right. future. That's right. It's like it's like Mad Max buttons road. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a Patreon supporter, you can get access to that uh, pitch. So if you want to do that, please go to uh, what is the website? Patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. So hopefully these will be um, uh, a little more uh, restructured so that if you have a specific interest in regards to Supergirl Radio, hopefully that will uh, help you uh, narrow down uh, things in the way that you can support us. So thank you to everybody who does support the Supergirl Radio Patreon. We appreciate it. Okay, well, uh, if you want to check me out and follow me in other places, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I also have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash where I live stream on most Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. I haven't been as consistent as I would like to be. Uh, but usually um, Sunday nights at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern where I read through uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews written by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm nearing the end, uh, but it has been a, a good journey for me. And the live chats have been uh, actually very insightful. Even if you don't like Batman v Superman, come for the people in the live chat. They share some great thoughts about art criticism and film. And uh, it's been teaching me a lot. And we've been having some really uh, good uh, and inspirational conversations over there. So if you are interested in that, please join me Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, for my uh, <laughs> readings with Rebecca is what I call them. Uh, you can check that out at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I should also say, and I forgot to make an overlay for this, uh, but I'll just uh, talk about it briefly. I'm going to be uh, in Atlanta, Georgia this weekend for Atlanta Comic Con. Uh, I've learned several years ago that you can work the system at Atlanta Comic Con. If you submit to do a panel there, you can get into the convention for free. So yeah. I usually try to uh, do uh, coordinate a panel there. So uh, Saturday, 
which is February 25th, I believe, at 3.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. You can find me doing a panel on uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. It's the 10th, uh, it'll be the 10th anniversary of Man of Steel this summer, which uh, is depressing considering the uh, Flash movie. Uh, (laughs) The 10th anniversary, hey, maybe we're going to destroy your movie. Um, So uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the, you know, 10 years after Man of Steel has come out, you know, what is the legacy of that movie and um, does it stand up uh, today. So uh, that's going to be what we're talking about. So if you're going to be in the Atlanta area and you want to go to a convention uh, where Johnny Lawrence is going to be, that's kind of the main reason I'm going to be there uh, <laughs> to see uh, Karate oh, Kid. Hi, baby. John, Johnny <laughs> Lawrence. Uh, but I'll, I'll be talking about Man of Steel. So if you want to drop by, it's at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, February 25th. And uh, if it all goes well to, to plan, I will uh, hopefully release it as a Super Bowl radio uh, episode. So if uh, if I do video, I'll try to drop it on the YouTube channel here at uh, youtube.com slash DCTV podcast and drop it as an audio podcast episode into the Supergirl radio feed. So hopefully all goes well and uh, I'll be able to turn that into an episode. That's cool. Well, I think so. It'll be like we're there. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a little Patreon uh, extra Ooh, thing, a little, little bonus, bonus thing. Yeah. A little bonus for the supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We actually just had an episode drop today. It's nice. about uh, Megan, spelled with the three. Yeah, um, that's how you spell that. Of course, it's how you spell it. <laughs> um, about And Gen Z horror and kind of horror in general. Um, and, uh, and that should be really fun. And I, I know we're recording a new episode soon it's going to be on something uh, but i'm blanking <laughs> on what that is uh so we have some we have some fun uh patreon stuff going on uh over at the legends of tomorrow podcast patreon and we have some fun uh episodes that we're we're dropping um so come join us we're kind of talking about everything now because they canceled our show uh, so, so stay tuned for what the legends of tomorrow podcast version 2.0 but until then you know just come say hello well that sounds exciting i i enjoy the mini takes of the legendary ladies so uh whatever you talk about i will be there even if i haven't watched it i still (laughs) still plan on listening to the podcast for rebecca it's not a it's not a dramatically different experience (laughs) listening to the podcast when the show has ended is when the show is on (laughs) i've never seen anything that y'all talk about But I just, I just listened to the podcast. Have I seen Megan? No. I, and I probably don't plan on watching it. But I'll I listen to the podcast. You might like Megan because it's 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 a scary movie. It's like a horror movie. But it's not really scary. Uh, and it's not really gory. And it is pretty funny, actually. There's okay. a, again, there's a part, part in the movie. I'm going to give this away a little bit. Um, where the doll just starts randomly singing Titanium. Like, <laughs> the song. And when I saw it in theaters, the whole theater exploded in laughter. Like, nobody was expecting it. <laughs> it is a, it is a perfect film. Well, now I'm kind of curious about that. So I'll, maybe I'll try to get my courage up to watch it but we'll see uh but even if i don't i'll still enjoy listening to the legendary ladies talk about it all right well i think that's going to do it for this episode of a supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson 
and I'm still Morgan Glennon, and we enjoyed talking about this movie featuring Cara Zorel, beloved daughter, and crowd favorite. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this house. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay!